0: my seat we'll talk about that in a second but i'm excited for what god is doing for you guys right now in this time in this space tonight amen i believe that god is going to inspire you to go forth and do what you've been called to do what you've been created to do a lot of you want to know what am i supposed to do and i believe i've said this to you before but i want you to realize this that you've been called to love god and love people so therefore that means that is your purpose that is what you've been called to do. You've been called to love on your God, love your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and also, in turn, as you love on God, start to love on people. Amen? A lot of you, hopefully, most of you, I believe, or a good handful of you guys were here on the first day of 2023. We had a saturation service over in the other building, and Pastor Mark kind of said this little spiel, kind of an idea, a concept, a theoretic type situation. He said, if everyone in this room over the age of 20 was gone tomorrow, would the message of Jesus Christ live on for your generation and those to come and those to follow? Would it? I like that, Scott. Scott says yes. Who's on board with that? Will it live on? Yes. That's right, that's that's exactly, that's that's what I'm talking about. It shall live on, it will live on. You know why it's supposed to live on? Because you are called to carry it on. You are called to go forth and share this good news. You know, we've talked about this scripture before, and I'm going to read it again later because it's just so good. But it says over here in the book of Mark chapter 16, it says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. You are called to be salt and light in this earth. Over here in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 13, it says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. Say, I'm the light of the world. Say, I'm salt. I'm salty. Say, I'm salty. <laughs> Sound the light of the world. Like a city on the hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a basket, or sorry, no one lights a lamp and then puts under a basket. I hope no one's lighting baskets on fire in here. No one's lighting baskets on fire and then putting a basket on top of it. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Tonight, we're gonna be talking about how you are salt, you are light. You are meant to be something that is attractive and appetizing to the things of God because that's what light does. Light leads people to things and salt makes things taste better. Amen? All right. Talking about being salt, talking about being light, ultimately talking about sharing Jesus. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Let's get our hearts ready. Father God, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in this room tonight. I just thank you, Lord, for every single person in this room. Sorry, I don't know why that's just so heavy right there. God, I just thank you for every single person in this room tonight, what they've been called to do. God, I just pray for their voices, I pray for their minds. I pray for their hearts and I pray for those that they have a voice into their life. I pray for those that that maybe these individuals are called to and are appointed to and are supposed to reach to, God. I pray that as they leave these walls, there are divine encounters, divine appointments, and there's a supernatural grace that allows them to share, to love, and to lead people And to your goodness, God, I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Man, I don't know what that was, but someone is about to get something good tonight, amen? So a lot of you guys are like, why do I got salt in my seat? You guys are like, why do I got salt in my seat? Why do I got this cute little salt packet? The reason I wanna make sure you had this salt packet with you is there's a number of things you can do with this. Number one, you can do nothing with it. That's fine. You can do absolutely nothing with this piece of this packet of salt. I don't care. You can choose to do with it what you will. Or you can keep it on you forever. (laughs) I don't imagine anyone's going to hold on to this forever. To remind yourself that you are supposed to be salt, that you got the salt. Say, everyone say, I got the salt. And the thing about salt salt is wonderful. Salt is great. Who in here likes to cook? Does anyone here like to cook? That's actually a decent amount of people. I didn't cook a lot when I was in middle school, or elementary school, or high school, really. I didn't cook a lot until after I graduated and had to fend for myself, literally. It sounds really bad, but I just didn't really know a whole lot. The necessity of spices and flavors and foods until one day I started making my own stuff and I was like, dang, this is bland as crap. Like I need some salt, I need some pepper, I need some garlic, I need some cayenne, I need some red chili flakes. I need all the stuff because the salt and the seasoning makes something that was once bland so much better. This world that we live in, that we are in but not a part of, needs some salt. And the reason that you guys are the ones that have the salt, that are carriers of the salt, the carriers of the light, is because of what Jesus has done for you. Now, whether you realize it or not, at one point in time, you guys were all pretty bland. Look at a bunch of bland people in this room. Yeah, yeah, Jennifer, I'm looking at you. You're pretty bland. You're, you're so bland. <laughs> i You're not bland anymore because you've had an encounter with Jesus, because I believe this, when people have an encounter with Jesus, they leave changed because Jesus causes change. There's no one else that can cause a change like Jesus. He's the only one that can put some some good salt on something that's bland, amen? He's the only one that can make old things new again. He's the only thing that can make darkness become light. He's the only one that can translate you from death into the book of life, amen? Say, I've been salted. And now I got the salt. See, salt's so good. Salt brings out flavor. Salt salt makes things like taste better. And it also preserves things and makes sure things are, are edible and good and, and, and kept the, the correct way. And then also it does keep you alive salt keeps you alive you need salt to live good 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 interjection there ian i like that i like that salt a healthy amount of sodium is good but too much sodium a lot of sodium can actually kill things but our option our option our mission is twofold when we go out into the world when we are salt and light in this world we're supposed to make the world look better taste better, seem better, and actually become better. And then we're also supposed to use our salt to kill off things that are bad in this world. So that way only Jesus and his light and his love shine through. See, I got the salt. And now forever and ever, if you keep this on your pocket, you'll always have the salt. I'm just kidding. Again, you don't have to keep this. You can do it whatever you want. If you want, you can go salt some mac and cheese when you get home right now with all this. You can eat it right now. I don't want you to because I don't want to see that. I don't really want to see that, but you can do it after if you want. So again, back here over in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verses 15 through 16. Hey, shh. Say, I'm the salt says over here in the book of Mark, he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Guys, there are people in your schools, in your homes, in your community, on your cul-de-sac that need the salt that you have on your life, that need the light that lives within you. Because you are a light on a city like, or sorry, you are you a are light, you're a city set on a hill for all to see, you are all these things. But the reason that is the case is because over here in John 8, 12, it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because now you will have the light that leads to life. Say, I got the light that leads to life. I got the salt that makes things better. Amen. Over here in Colossians 4, 5 through 6, it says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you know how you ought to answer each person. And I know there's like this, 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 this weight that immediately comes on everybody in the room. And you're just like, <gasps> I have no idea what I'm supposed to say to people to share the light and love of Jesus. This is insane. Can you just bring them to church and we'll just deal with it then? Sure, we can do that too. But that's not exactly how it's always supposed to be. Sometimes you're supposed to lead people to Jesus to, over a simple help with the math problem. Or maybe you're supposed to lead people to Jesus on the way to the bathroom. Or maybe you're at the water fountain and someone says, hey, I've got an issue in my leg and I need prayer. Will you pray for me? And you're like, yeah, sure. And then you pray for them and it feels better. And they're like, oh my gosh, what happened? And you share Jesus with people. But the only way that this happens is, is is you guys, as believers, as people that have encountered and rubbed up against the salt of Jesus and the light that lives, and, and you've got it within you, but you've got to get up next to God. You've got to get with God so that way your words stay seasoned with salt. That was really gross, Annalise. I saw you just dump that into your mouth and... It's so gross, so gross, but it's fine. It's all right. See, here's the thing, Annalise is getting a full real deal right now. She's like, this is what salt, she's got like, she's touching it from the source. She's like, whoa, there's a kick to that salt. There's a kick to that salt. Here's the thing, guys. I believe this. There is a sense of urgency right now for this generation. There is a sense of urgency for your generation. There's a sense of urgency for the generation to come after you even. You guys will be the reason. Maybe not the only reason, but you will be one of the very most reasons that your generation knows Jesus. Your generation is responsible for your generation knowing Jesus and also helping the generation after you know Jesus. It's urgent. It's serious, it's real. Say, I'm the salt. I got the salt. The book of Luke, chapter 19, starting in verse 1 through 10, it's a very familiar passage for a lot of people because it's about the account of Zacchaeus. Anyone familiar with the account of Zacchaeus in this room? awesome we're gonna talk about it right now i'm so glad because this is one of my favorite stories ever all right over here in the book of luke chapter 19 it says he entered jericho and was passing through that was jesus and he said behold there was a man named zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and was rich and he was seeking to see who jesus was but on account of the crowd he couldn't because he was small in stature who all can relate to being small in this room anyone else short people yeah short people squad unite that's right Short people. Up. Anyway, he ran on ahead and climbed up the sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay in your house today. So he hurried and he came down and he received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. The other people, the onlookers, they're like, ugh, he's gone in to be with the guests of a man who's a sinner. And then Zacchaeus stood and he said to the Lord, he said, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And I have defra- and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. To give a little backstory here as to what exactly is happening in this account, Zacchaeus, it says he was a chief tax collector. Back in this day and time, in this particular moment in history, tax collectors, at least over here, the Roman Empire hired Jewish people to be tax collectors for their own people. Basically, Jewish men and women had to go to other Jewish men and women. It probably wasn't women because the times were way back different back then. But anyway, so anyway, they had to go to their Jewish people and be like, yo, the, the tax is this number. When in reality, it was only like way lower, but they said it was this high. They, they added an extra amount on top because the Roman Empire said, hey, we're going to pay you to be tax collectors, but anything you collect on top of the tax, you can keep for yourself. So the Jewish people really, really, really did not like tax collectors. They were kind of like mafia, or, or thugs, or dudes that just like, they had they had power, they knew they had power, and there was nothing that people could do to get past them, because they were the ones that were collecting the tax money, and if you didn't pay up, no matter what they said the tax dollars were, you're going to jail. You're getting out of here. You're done. You're done. You're gone. Get out of here. and But that's, that's why it was such a big deal for Jesus to be talking to a chief tax collector, so he wasn't just a tax collector. He was a tax collector above other tax collectors. So he was making money off of their people too. Dude was making bank off of his own people. He was selling out his own people for money. He was extorting his own. He was not a great guy, not a great dude. And so that's why it was such a big deal that Jesus not only talked to this guy, but he sought him out. He saw him as valuable. He saw him as worth it. He saw saw his life as as worth fixing and helping and rescuing. And not even just that, it wasn't even just the fact that he wanted to talk to him and meet with him. But he said over here in verse five, he said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay in your house today. He said, hurry. Hurry. Like Jesus said, hurry, you got to come down now. You, you need to get down now. We got to go, go now. And Jesus was, was hurrying him down from the tree because it was vital that they got together that moment. It was vital that he went to his house that day. It was vital that he shared a meal with him. It was vital that they had a conversation. He said, hurry, come down, meet with me, be with me. And somewhere in in that conversation, when he went to Zacchaeus' home, something happened. And we don't really know what happened. I have no idea what happened because there's a span of verses where, where something happened, but nothing is said in the Bible. And the reason that I believe that nothing was written down is because ultimately what happened was, I believe this, I'm inferring, because I just know what it's like to be a person that shares light and love and salt in this world, but more than likely what happened. As Jesus got in this dude's space, he went to his home. He went to where it was his domain, if you will. And he met with him. He talked with him. He got to know him. He probably cared for him. He probably loved on him. He probably helped him. And he probably talked to him about what he sees for his future, what he sees for his potential. And he probably started to share the truths that he knows about the God that he knows, about his father who he's walked with and talked with. And he was probably telling Zacchaeus, like, this is yours as well. Like, you can have this too. Like, you don't have to live this way anymore. There's a better way. I've got some some light to share with you. I've got some salt for your life that you've been trying to salt yourself with all this money and all these women and all these activities and all these games and all these cars and these horses. I you know, obviously I didn't have any games and, and cars back in the day. I'm trying to make it relate to you a little bit here. But you know what I'm saying is sometimes we as individuals, we as people, we try to fill these voids with stuff and money and we try to make our self bigger than we actually are just like Zacchaeus when he climbed that tree because he wanted to be bigger. He was tired of not being able to see over. Other, there's always people in his way. So he had to do whatever he could to make something of himself. And that is not what we're supposed to do, because Jesus is what makes us into something. Because if we try to make it for ourselves, that void will never be filled. We're trying to fill a void that only Jesus can fill. And so when Jesus was there in him and he was dining with him and he was talking with him, somewhere along the way, Zacchaeus realized, oh man, you've going about it the wrong way. And it said that day, he told Jesus, if I've defrauded anyone, I'll make it right. I'll, I'll restore their fortunes four times from what I've defrauded them, four times what I've stole from him. change of heart, a change of mind, change of direction. See, Zacchaeus was headed on the path of self-fulfillment, self-glory. And now, because of what Jesus did for him, he's headed on the path of God-fulfillment, God-glory. And I believe that everyone in this room tonight, that's where we're headed. God-fulfillment, God-glory amen? Because we got the salt. We got the light. We've experienced his light and his love. We've experienced his grace. We've experienced his mercy. And I want to say that because there's probably some people in this room, that are like, I don't really know what to share. I don't know what God has done for me. What, what, What has God done for me? Well, first and foremost, if you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you truly believe that he is your Savior, I've got wonderful news for you. It says Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Romans 8.1 says, There is there now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus So you've been legally made justified. You've been legally translated into this righteous position. You no longer have to do things the world's way. Now you can do things the word way. You can do life with God now instead of separated from God. There's no longer any condemnation, meaning those things that you said, those things that you've done, the places that you've been, the people that you've done this, that, and the other with, it doesn't matter anymore because it's what Jesus has done for you that makes everything new, it makes everything right and everything good again. And, and you can mess up and, and you probably have, and you probably did it like eight times, if not more today. And maybe a couple of those happened already in tonight. I don't know, but that's why God's so good and he's so merciful and he's so great. And he's always ready, always eager, always willing to forgive you because of your righteous position, because of who you are in Christ. When he looks at you, he sees his perfect son. He sees his perfect image. He sees this righteous being that has been made perfect and anew because of what Jesus has done for you. Second Corinthians five twenty one says, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He took all, all of it upon him. So that way you no longer have to live with weight, guilt, fear, or even condemnation or any of that. You don't have to live like that anymore because of what Jesus has done for you. And, and that, that's so worth sharing, guys. That's so worth giving unto other people. That that freedom, that we have, that comfort, that security, that confidence that we have in in who we are because of what Jesus has done. Like, I don't ever want to live without that comfort ever again. I I don't want anyone to to ever live like that because it's so empty and, and it's so endless. But with him and his grace and his love and what he did for us, there is peace, there is comfort, there is joy. The world needs what you have. Your school needs what you have. Your families need what you have. Your neighbors need what you have. Over here in the book of Romans 2, 4, it says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? At some point, you realized the way I once was living is not the way I want to live anymore. His goodness provoked a heart change in your life. His love and His grace and His mercy has provoked you to start thinking and living a completely different way. It said that His goodness towards you caused you to repent. And there's probably some people that are like, what does repent mean? That sounds awful, because most of the time you hear, repent! And you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that sounds terrible! But repent just means a change of thought, a change of perspective, a change of direction a 180 from where you were already going. Once you were going this way, once you were thinking this way, but now you've had an encounter with him. Now you've had an encounter with God. He has rescued you. So now you see differently, you think differently. So now you walk a different way. We're supposed to help people find the right way. To discover the right way. And I'm not by any means trying to tell you that you got to have all your X's in a row and your T's crossed and your I's dotted and all those things. You just got to know and believe in what God has already done for you. And, And I believe and I know that your testimony and what you know is ultimately going to be the most powerful thing that leads people to God. Because when you share his goodness, and what he's done for you and how it caused your change of heart, I believe it's when the salt starts to get shaken over the lives of those that we encounter. It's when the lights start to come on for those that are in conversation with you and no longer does it start to feel like darkness all around them and they start to feel and see a better way, the way, Jesus. So I want you to be confident in what he's created you to do. Proverbs 28.1, and we've we brought this out before, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And the reason lions are bold is because they know. They're like big time predators. There ain't much things bigger than them out there in the jungle. They know, or the Sahara, wherever they're at, Africa. <laughs> they're out there. They don't have to work for it. They know. I'm a lion. I don't got to worry about you. You don't have anything on me. I'm a lion, bro. So when we encounter the world, when we go into the world, we should be confident. I'm righteous now. I know what God did for me. Yeah, I messed up just like you, but God, he redeemed me. He helped me. He, he rescued me. He picked me up out of the mountain. He put me back on my feet again. He set my feet upon the rock. <laughs> I no longer have to live in condemnation. I no longer have to live in darkness. I no longer have to live in sin anymore because I'm righteous. And I've got this light on the inside of me. I've got love on the inside of me. And I don't want to share it. You want to share it? You want to share the salt? Do you want to share the light? Do you want to share the love? You want to help people come to know this peace that you know, this comfort and this joy that you know? Be confident. Be bold. Just share exactly what you know and what God has done for you. Amen? Say, I got the salt. I'm going to share the salt. Amen. I want you guys to bow your heads. I'm going to pray for you real fast. The reason that this is so urgent right now, before we pray, sorry, with one in an attitude of prayer as we start to come to a close. I don't know if many people heard about it, but I know... Over the past week, <clears throat> there was a student, and uh, they're no longer here anymore. And that happened over the past week. And it's unfortunate and it's awful that they were taken way too soon, way too early. And luckily, I take comfort and I like to believe that because of this person's family, you know, they were pretty connected in their church. And so. You hope and pray and believe that they know Jesus. And, I, and I'm hoping and believing that they did. And I'd like to believe that they do. I don't know the individual, so I can't say one way or the other. But we're not promised tomorrow. Not even promised the next 30 minutes. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I believe that's why it's so vital right now because the enemy in the world trying so hard to separate us from this truth and this wonderful gift that is Jesus. And it's so vital and necessary because once we leave this world, we're either with him or we're not. And I don't know about you, but I want to be with him and I want as many people as I can to experience him and be with him with me. So like even with Zacchaeus, that's why it was so important, I believe, why Jesus said hurry, you know, because I I don't know. We don't know. Was that the only time Zacchaeus was going to ever hear anything truly about this God, the one that Jesus was talking about? Was this the only time Jesus was going to talk to Zacchaeus? I don't know. We don't know. But he said hurry. And I believe that's on purpose because the word is very purposeful in the way it Words, things. So if Jesus said, hurry, it was for a reason. So we as believers, we got to take advantage of every opportunity that comes our path to share his love, to to salt things that need to be salted, to preserve things that should be preserved and get rid of things that don't need to be there anymore because we are believers and we are light bearers and we are salty people. And just like Jesus, when he encounters somebody, they leave better. As believers, when we encounter someone, they should be left better than when we found them. Amen? So God, I just thank you for every single person in this room tonight. I just thank you for what they're called for, where they're at in this stage of life. God, I just thank you for their minds, for their bodies, for their emotional well-being. God, I just pray that you are ministering your love and your comfort to them even right now. You are showing them kindness. You are showing them goodness. More things that they can brag on they can share with others, even right now. I believe that there's someone in this room tonight, maybe you've been pretty bummed out today. Maybe you've had a lot going on. Maybe you've had some issues with certain individuals in your life, but his presence, his love, is tugging on your heart right now. And he's saying, this This is what it's about. This is what I have available for you. This this is what your life can be with me. You can live free with me. So I pray for every heart in this room tonight, especially of those that feel that tug on their heart, to take this relationship with you a little bit more seriously, but also to really grab a hold of exactly has been gifted to us, to understand it and to grab a hold of it and really apply it to their life so that way they can share with others what you've done for them. Thank you for it.